Jesus is on our side. The devil is defeated, and we win every single time. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited about our future. I'm excited about your future. I'm excited about my future. Listen, God is good. Well, if you knew what was coming your way, man, I just pray that the Holy Spirit can lift your spiritual eyes and let you see what's coming. Man, there would be so much anticipation just to go to bed and wake up because you know this is the day that he has made. There's not a day that God has created that he didn't create it to be good. Turn them in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 3. Today I want you to see something. Again, it's not anything that we don't know. We're just going to look at it from grace's perspective today. Grace has changed how I see faith. It's changed how I see everything, right? Because it took all the pressure off of me, put it back on God. So today I want you to see how your words are powerful. You know, what you speak over yourself can change your life. But what you speak over others can change their lives as well. So I want to draw your attention to a very weighty and what I believe is an important verse of Scripture that Paul is actually quoting from, from Psalms, from a Psalm of David found in 1 Peter chapter 3. And let's look at verse 10. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 10 says, For he who would love life and see good days. How how many of y'all love life? Man, I love life. I love living. I'm glad to be alive. I'm not waiting to die. I'm getting up to live. Listen, you have not lived your best days. Stop remembering the good old days. They're in your future. Says for he that would love life and see good days. How many of y'all want to see good days? How many of y'all want to see a good day today? Let me give you some keys to that today, okay? Notice what he said. Let him refrain his lips, his tongue, from evil. Refrain means to restrain. How many of y'all know we have to hold ourselves back sometimes from saying stuff we know we shouldn't say? Says, let him refrain his tongue from evil. Watch this now. And his lips from speaking deceit. It's guile. Craftiness. In other words, we've got to learn how to let our yea be yea and our no be no. Scripture says anything more than that, here comes some evil. Right? If you're raising, you, you know, if you ask your kids and they got an explanation, how do you know there's something fishy about that? <laughs> but what had happened was, oh, okay, all right, all right, all right. And adults can be the same way. So if we're going to love life and see good days, then we've got to restrain our tongue and our lips that they speak no deceit. The tongue seems minute in terms of significance compared to the rest of the body. Right? It's small. It really has no skeletal bones. Right? But how many of you know the tongue can create whole lot of damage. And so the Bible reminds us to not despise the tongue simply because it's small. And it literally compares it to a rudder on a ship. Anyone in here ever been on a cruise before? Well, that very large boat is being controlled by a small rudder. And that captain is able to get that boat to go and turn whichever way he wants to, even when storms and and waves are splashing against it, the rudder is controlling the direction of a large vessel. I want you all to understand that, that the rudder is controlling the direction that your life is going in. Go with me to James chapter 3. Let's look at something here. Just introduction today. All of these notes can be found uh, in your YouVersion app. You all know that by now. If you're watching online, we want to welcome you via Periscope. You also can pull up all the lines right there online. Now, James chapter 3, notice what he says. He says, indeed, in verse 3, we put 
bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us. We turn their whole body so we can control a 2,000-pound animal by a small bit in its mouth. I want to show you how powerful. What he's trying to do is help us understand how powerful this tug is. Then he goes on to say, look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member, but it boasts great things. See how great a little fire kindles. So in other words, when we see 40 acres destroyed out there in California, I mean, it started with a small little flicker. And that small little flicker ended up destroying acres of land. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18, very familiar passage of Scripture. Verse 21 says, death and life are in the power of the what? Where is death and life? Right in your mouth. Death and life is in the power or ability of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit, the fruit of death or the fruit of life. Right? But the ability is right there in our tongue, whether or not it's producing life or it's producing death. Okay? Go with me to Ephesians chapter 6. So I believe it's obvious that God wants us to experience many good days. How many of y'all believe that? I believe for every person in this room, your best days are still out in front of you, regardless of age. But I want to make us aware of something. Go to Ephesians chapter 6, look at verse 13. See, I believe in balance, right? All rain and no sun is not good. But how many know all sun and no rain is not good? We get all rain and no sun, it's going to drown out everything. Right? If we get all sun and no rain, it's going to burn up everything. But here's the reality. I just like more sun than I do rain. So watch this. I don't mind. So the earth actually is cyclical like this. It operates based off of what I'm getting ready to reach. I don't mind having a, a few rainy days in the summer. I just want more sunny days. But watch this. The rainy days actually help you appreciate the sunny days. Am I talking to anybody in here today? And sometimes we won't even stop to reflect how nice it was outside till we can't go outside. Look at what he says here in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the what? In the what? In the what? And then having done all to stand. So notice here, the Bible talks about one evil day, singular, but many good days. So the scripture is trying to paint a picture to us of what life should look like. Right? We're going to have some bad days or a bad day. But in comparison to all of the good days, it won't even phase us. Okay? September the 13th was a bad day for us. How many of we've had three years, three and a half years of good days ever since that one day? I'm getting ready to help you see perspective today. Even if you're having a bad day today, you can change tomorrow by what you say today. Oh, that's good. All right, watch this. I mean, your marriage could be bad on one day, but let's not paint the whole marriage like it's bad. See, what Satan wants to do is get us to focus on that one day. And miss out on the 364 other good days. And it's a trick of the enemy. Right? If you don't understand this, if you're single out here, that's what destroys the opportunity in a lot of cases to get married. You had one bad day as a couple. Don't evaluate the whole relationship over one day. Man, I'm telling you, I'm so excited today. I feel like jumping off this stage. 
and just walk in the pews. Come on, say it by faith. Say my best days are still out in front of me. Do you believe that today? Come on, you're getting better. You're not getting bitter. You're getting better. You look better now than you did five years ago. Come on, somebody. All right. Can we go a little further today? So the only thing God wants us to remember, watch this, in order to see many good days is that we must refrain our tongues from speaking evil. So the only difference between the amount of good days and evil days is what are you saying about each and every day? Let me give you some keys today, all right? Give you four keys today. Key number one, how we treat people matters. It matters to God and it should matter to you. How we treat people matters. All right, go back to 1 Peter chapter 3 and now let's look at the context of verse 10 that we read by backing up and reading verses 8 through 10. And just to give you the whole context, you have to go all the way back into the second chapter beginning at verse 18. And he's really talking about how masters uh, should uh, treat their employees and employees should respond to their employers. And it uses Jesus as the example, right? Who he suffered no guile, neither was any deceit, same two words found in his mouth, but he committed himself to the person that he knew would judge righteously. And then he goes into a marriage relationship in chapter 3, verse 1, and he tells her how to respond to him when he's not doing right. Right? And then at the seventh verse, he tells him how to respond to her. Then he talks to the entire group of people beginning at verse 8. Look at verse 8 here. First Peter chapter 3, starting at verse 8. Finally, now he's talking to all of you. All of you be of one mind. Who is the all of you? Employers and employees, husbands, wives, the context of people in relationship. How we treat people matters. Listen to me. If your boss is doing wrong, that doesn't give you a license to act up to. God holds us to a higher standard. Listen, if, if your spouse is cutting up, that doesn't mean you cut up as well. Right? Watch this now. Finally, all of you be of one mind. In other words, have the same attitude. Have compassion for one another. Love as brothers, Philadelphia, a brotherly kind of love. Be tenderhearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil. Now, how many know that's us right there? That's where we live. You slap me, you are going to get slapped back. Or I heard my son, <laughs> there was this exchange going on. My son was like, did you clap back on that fool? I said, I, I said, son, we got to get you back home, man. I'm like, well, clap back. But I guess this is what they do today. You come at me with some wrong words, I'm coming right back at you. Not Christians. That's not how we're to treat other people. We're actually supposed to show them how God would respond in that same situation. Watch this. I'll prove it to you. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion one for another. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. Watch this. Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling. You know what reviling is? Slander. Somebody cuss at you. You don't have to cuss back to show that you have a better vocabulary of cussing than they do. Come on, church. Right? It's, no even, it's not even a need to say, you're about to make me cuss up in this place. Really? They've got that kind of power over your life. He said, don't do that. Right? How we treat people matters. What I want you to understand, he's not concerned about how they're treating you. He's only concerned about how you're reacting to how they're treating you. And the reality is, 
You need people in your life to show you who you are. All right, since there's so much excitement in this building today, there's a level of enthusiasm in here that is unknown to mankind that I'm just witnessing out here, right? And so we've got to learn how to not let people control our reactions, including the people we love the most. So he says, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, see, do the opposite of, on the contrary, blessing. Now, I'm going to explain to you what this word blessing means, right? I can remember, you know, a lot of people think this is referring to the blessing. That's not what this is referring to. If you don't look up the actual meaning of these words, you can literally think it means the same thing in every situation. But context is always king. So I'm going to show you here. That's not what he's talking about. He's literally telling you to do the opposite of what they're doing and then put a blessing on them. I'll show it to you in a moment. But contrary blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. So what you've got to understand is people will be sent into your life to try to get off of your life what's on your life. You cannot let them do that including the people that you love the most. How we treat people matters. Watch this. He who would love life, now we see the context of that. And see good days, he's got to learn how to restrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile, no deceit. Now, let's just talk plainly for a moment. The only time you have to restrain your mouth is when somebody has put you in a situation. I have to restrain myself loving on you all right now. Right? But if I walk out of there, somebody bumps up against me, grabs my jacket, then how many now I've got to restrain myself? Right? Or or let's just say we love our our, our families, right? But how many know our family knows what rubs us the wrong way? Right? And so how many know kids, wife, spouse, husband, everybody know what gets under your skin? So it's in those moments where you've got to be able to say, you know what, not today. Let me change the course of this situation by responding differently. Let's talk about what that looks like. It's good stuff right here, isn't it? I believe we're growing up as a church today. How you treat people matters. Okay? I want you to be clear here. I want you to see this. He didn't say anything about how they're treating you. I'm trying to make this as plain as I can. You've got to learn how to take the high road every time. Somebody never becomes the bigger person. Watch this. Then no one learns any lessons. We were riding in the car the other day and a person I haven't talked to in four years. Shame on me. I've got to grow out of these things. This is why God keeps showing me these kind of messages. I haven't talked to him in probably four years. And I said, look, babe, look who sent me a text, right? And she said, I'm talking to my daughter. And she said, how did you respond? So I just handed her my phone to show her how I responded. And she said, Dad, you took the high road, didn't you? I said, yeah, I needed to. I took that for me, not for them. And already arranging, reconciling this situation. Because I've got to grow up. The people I already love aren't helping me grow up. Did you all hear what I just said? So notice Peter quoted the verse in the context of our relationships with people. We've got to learn that as God has transformed us by his grace, he wants to use that same grace now in us to transform other people. Right? 
And it was the goodness of God that led us to change. And it'll be the goodness that he uses us to deliver to other people that will cause them to change. Thank God that that the people, they had a celebration for me and they invited a cousin of mine. How we treat people matters. I hadn't talked to this cousin in 15 years. My kids don't even know who he is. And he was up there taking credit for everything that I had become. (laughs) My son looked over at me, Johnny, and he said, Dad, who is this guy? I've never heard you talk about him. (laughs) And I realized in that moment, it's my first cousin, and I realized in that moment, my kids have never even, they don't know this guy. Shame on me. How we treat people matters. And so now that reconciliation begins. Let me tell you what I told him. I said, this was not on you. These 15 years were not on you. 15 years were on me because I knew better. And I said, I'm not trying to go backwards to go forwards, but I'll make it up from this day forward. Watch this, what I said to him. God is my witness. I said, I'm going to make it up with your children. I said, I'm going to go see your daughter this summer. I'm going to spend some time with her and her husband that I've never met and their son. And I told him I'm going to come bearing gifts. This this wasn't on you. This was on me. How many of you don't grow up with the people that you love? Isn't this good stuff today? How many of y'all glad you came today? How How many of y'all love life? How many of y'all want to see good days? I want you to point to your mouth and say, I must learn how to restrain my tongue. Now, ladies, you know what I'm talking about. Right or wrong, ladies and guys, but, but ladies, you know what I'm talking about. Because you So God wants to transform other people through our lives. These people are our spouses, our kids, our parents, our relatives, our friends, our colleagues, our employers, business people, people that I serve on the dream team with, small groups. You know, there are people right now, they're not coming back to that department because of the people in it. They're not serving right now because they said it'll be a rainy day in hell before I serve on that department as long as that person is in there. Wow, really? I'm just telling you people. How many know we shouldn't see this stuff, these attitudes, these behaviors in church? People say it to me all the time. They don't realize what they, I would serve, but, but man, I just I don't feel like dealing with the people. All right. Your best days are still out in front of you. Beginning today. Number two, key, speak a blessing. Now let's talk about what that word blessing meant. I want to show you something here. It's very interesting. The original Greek word there for blessing in 1 Peter 3, 9 is eulogio which means to speak well of. So this is real growth. So imagine while they're cussing you out, you're speaking well of them. See, and again, where we come from, something about that don't even feel right. (laughs) Jay, you know what I'm talking about. That's just soft where we, what? Speak well of. After I pick him up off the ground, I'll speak well. (laughs) Come on, I'm just talking about where we're living at. Right? So this word blessing here, eulogio, which means to speak well of. Listen to this. It's where we get the English word eulogy. So every time somebody is trying to kill you with their words, you're supposed to eulogize them. 
So this is the key to speaking a blessing. Every time you speak well of something, you are blessing the thing. But watch this. You're also being a blessing and you're also blessing your own future. Now, let me be real practical. The only way you can grow in this is to find people that have rubbed you the wrong way. See, right there, the message, the, the, the whole message just went south right there. Pastor, you was on to something right there. You, that, Pastor, stay, uh, no, see, now he's talking about, and, and folks, a lot of times, these are not people out there. They're right in our homes. They're right in our families. They're right in our neighborhoods. They're right on our jobs. I'm talking about the one that when you get off the elevator at work, you go all, your office is right here. You go all the way around this way. So you can avoid the individual that you need to literally go and see. I'm talking about exes. They're still the father or mother of your child. We don't even understand what we're teaching our children with those behaviors. So we're supposed to eulogize every bad word that comes at us. You are, you are, you are, you are nothing, somebody talking to you, and you'll never be nothing. But boy, you are great, and you're going to be the greatest thing this world has ever seen. Well, God's going to bless you so good. What are you talking about? Oh, you, you, hey, hey, but that's all right. But, but your future is bright. I'm telling you, when that light clicks on, your life is getting ready to go in a direction that you always dreamed about. Let me tell you something. This worked on my son. My son was performing uh, poorly academically. I said to him, son, you're the smartest person in the house. You are the smartest. That's why the devil is attacking you so hard. And trying to get you distracted because you're the smartest in the house. Was it, it felt so good to see him come home this weekend. As soon as he got in the car, he said, Dad, I've got the highest GPA in my entire company. Now, I had to grow into that because I was only talking to him based off of what he was doing. And it was getting worse. I was all negative. You did this, so now this. give me that. Give me the phone. Give me that, boy. Turn the Xbox off. I said, that, none of that was ever working with him. Matter of fact, one time, one time he yelled back at me. He said, Dad, that's not helping me. <laughs> See, and because of where we come from, I said, it's not helping you. I, I bet I know what will help you. <laughs> Open up your mouth again. Just, just say anything back. I'll show you what will help you. Because that's how we were raised. But listen, that stuff doesn't work. It didn't work for us. I don't know why we would turn around and think it'll work for our kids. So I started saying what I wanted. I changed my tongue. And it's changed my son's future. Now I also realized I was creating who he was. So you've got to learn how to speak well over your marriage. I don't care what it looks like or what they're doing. I'm only talking about who you are in the marriage and what you need to be doing. Speak well over your marriage. Speak well over your children. Speak well over your family. Come on. Let's speak well over our friends. Let's speak well over dream teams. Speak well over small groups. Speak well over your church. Speak well over the praise team. Speak well over the band. Speak well over your pastor. Speak well. Just learn how to discipline yourself to speak well about everything. Because even when it's bad, there's a good way that you can communicate that. We're talking about Christian maturity here. Right? So if you're going to love life and see good days, you've got to learn how to control your tongue and restrain yourself from saying anything that won't produce a better result in your situation. 
Key number three, by changing your words, you can change your future. I don't care what it looks like today. You can change tomorrow based off of what you say today. Now, do you know that the opposite of speaking well is to curse? See, so, so I didn't even understand I was cursing my own son academically, athletically. I was only talking about what he wasn't doing. God is my witness. He literally yelled at me one day. Dad, that's not helping me. That's when I began to reflect. What kind of father is not interested in helping his son? Especially when the son is telling you what you're doing is not helping him. Why would you keep doing it? Let me show you something here. This will require spiritual insight on your part, right? This will be revelation for somebody in this building today. Go with me to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. The opposite of speaking well is to speak a curse, whether we realize it or not. Let me show you this. Open up your spiritual, your heart, your spiritual ear. I want you to see this. I never actually saw this the way I'm getting ready to share it with you all today. I missed this. Verse 12, we know the context of Mark chapter 11 is is Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. We know one of the first things he did was he went into the temple and he gutted it out. And he said that you all were making my father's house, which should be a house of prayer. You've turned it into a den of thieves. Right? We'll pick the story up here at verse 12. Now the next day, Mark chapter 11, when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig having leaves he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it when he came to it he found nothing but leaves for it was not the season for figs in response in other words Jesus answered it and he said let no man eat fruit from you ever again and it's interesting that the scripture says and the disciples heard it okay drop down to verse 20 now in the morning so night had gone by and he woke up the next morning. As they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Now, if you still have a Bible that you can write in, you should underline dried up from the roots because that's important. So a lot of times we kill the foundation of things by our words. Then we come back and try to rebuild something from the top without ever going back and refixing the foundation. See, we want to brush stuff over like it never, like it didn't happen. Like you didn't say that. And we got to go back to the foundation. Watch this. I don't know how I missed this. Maybe it was just because it was just for you all today. That's how much God loves me and you all. Watch this. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look. The fig tree which you cursed was withered away. I never saw this before, right? Because you just read it and you just read it. You don't, when you study it, you get something more. You study it, you see certain things, and you see something different the next time. Let's look at some key observations here. I want to ask some questions just to see how closely you all are following. When the Lord spoke to the fig tree, what did he say? He said, no man will eat fruit from you. Here ever again, right? Did he curse the fig tree? Did he use the word curse? Not at all, did he? It never came out. He just simply spoke it. So watch this. He simply said, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. So the next day, when Peter passed by, Peter was was the one that said, Rabbi, look. The fig tree which you cursed. Jesus never said that. But Peter walking by the next day said, Rabbi, teacher, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. But Jesus never used the word curse when he spoke to the fig tree. But I also observed that he didn't correct Peter for what Peter said. 
So then obviously then negative words are equivalent to speaking a curse. Okay. And I repent from this publicly. I was cursing my own son. I apologize for that. Of course, that's been corrected. You don't understand, folks. He didn't give us this instrument to speak anything but life. Satan, the one who perverts it so that we speak negative things. And we don't even understand sometimes our negative plane is producing cursed results. So we even have to discipline ourselves to not even play that way. Jesus never corrected it. So then Peter was right. Even though Jesus did not use the word curse, the negative words spoken were equivalent to a curse. So many times people don't realize that they unintentionally curse themselves and the people around them by the constant negative words they speak about themselves and other people. Unintentionally. I don't think people mean it, but unintentionally they don't realize the results that it's creating. And so when you see that the disciples heard that, Jesus was trying to teach them a lesson. And, and again, he's going to later expound on that lesson, which I'll show you in a moment later on in Mark chapter 11. So the reality is we see whatever we say, good and bad. Okay, You all still with me today? All right. And so if you want to change your future, you've got to change the way you see yourself and other people and your future. So any words of defeat, anger, bitterness, complaining, it's all toxic. So if you change your words, you can change your life. You've got to learn how to flush out all the negative words of your life and replace those with positive words. You can't say things like, it's so hard for me to lose weight because you will never lose weight. You've got to say, losing weight is the easiest thing I've ever done. Especially at my age because I'm more focused than I've ever been. What will happen is your life will begin to go in the direction of the things that you say about your life. There's another powerful truth that I observed from the Lord's uh, speaking that over that tree. He spoke to the fig tree, but nothing immediately visible happened to the tree. I want you to listen very carefully. See, a lot of times we're walking in today things that we said yesterday. Because the words usually and the results are not instantaneous. If you notice he said it one day, they walk by the next day. All right? There's a lesson in there. Listen very carefully. So you don't see any immediate visible results. So in other words, the tree didn't wither away instantly. It was only when they came back the next day that the disciples noticed that the fig tree, listen to this, had died. What's the lesson here? This was because when the Lord first spoke to the tree, it dried up at the roots before death actually reached the leaves. Now, I don't want to just stay on that side of it because Jesus shifted, right? I'll show you this in a moment. And so if we'll just shift, somebody say shift, right? We can also see the same results going the other way. See, see, a lot of times we want to say it and see it the moment we say it. But what he just taught them was a lesson. He said it yesterday. They saw it the next day. Right? And so the foundation had to be destroyed before it reached the leaves. But the opposite of that is true, too. How many of the words that you say today are laying a foundation for your future? Watch this. And once the Lord builds the foundation, doesn't matter who tries to come against that. It'll flourish. That's why your future is bright when you learn how to restrain. How many of y'all love life? How many of y'all want to see better days? Yeah. See good days? Yeah. You will, and it's all connected to this tongue. So now, speak into your future as we come on down the home stretch. Speak into your future. 
Say this with me. Say, I have a bright future. Do you believe that today? Listen, say, I have not lived my best days. Say, my best days are still out in front of me. Do you believe that today? I'm talking about regardless of age. Don't let this society put you in some kind of box based off of your age. Speak into your future. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. My pastor, famous words. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Evidence, evidence, do you have enough evidence? 22 years old watching that program. Never thought he'd be my pastor today. Come on, God is good. Come on, God is good. See, he was speaking well over me back then, setting up the future. So we walk by faith and not by sight. The reality is most of us walk by what we see, and then we want to believe God to change it. But that's not the way this works, folks. We have to walk by faith regardless of what we see. And there's a difference. We have to walk in complete reliance and trust upon God. Reality is, folks, I was inside the building. We're getting all our bids. We're wrapping that up. Should have that wrapped up this upcoming week. No, no later than the next two weeks. We've got to walk by faith, not by sight on this, because the numbers are starting to come back. And let me tell you, boy, the numbers can choke you if you don't walk by faith <laughs> and not by sight. But what am I saying? I'm saying the same God that brought us to this point is the same God that will send us over to the other side. Every time they say to me, well, we can cut this and not do that. We can cut this and not do that. We can cut this and not do that. I have to build my faith up to faith up to say we are not cutting nothing. We are doing this first class for the kingdom of God because God deserves it. God's people deserve it. But if we walk by sight, it'll defeat us every single time. Got to learn how to walk by faith. See your marriage the way you've always believed for it to be. See your children the way you've always believed for them to be. See your future the way you've always believed for it to be, not the way that it is. And then begin to talk about it that way. Speak over it that way. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Go with me to Romans chapter 4 verse 17. Says, as it is written, Romans chapter 4, verse 17, I have made thee, Father Abraham, a father of many nations, in the presence of him whom he believed. Watch this. Who gives life? God, who believed God, who gives life to the dead. What does God do? He gives life to the dead. So anything that is dead, God can bring it back to life. Well, how's God gonna bring something dead back to life? By calling those things that be not as though they were until they are. Don't call them the way they are. Call them the way you want them to be, glory to God. Say that you are out of debt and you have abundance beside. Say that you owe no man nothing but to love him. If you're single, say that God is preparing the best man that this world has ever seen for me right now. If your marriage is challenged right now, say that God is working on my husband and he's becoming and turning into the man that I always dreamed for him to be. I'm watching it right before my eyes and you might not see nothing but you've got to learn how to say it listen to me folks I moved past when I realized Satan was challenging me with that I had to turn my face to the land and I said not only will we finish this first class we'll secure the land then I had to turn my face to the strip mall come on somebody I'm talking about everybody's got to live this and then I say, and we go. I saw all linked up businesses in the strip mall. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then I got in my car, went a half a mile down to Hill Road, pulled over on the side again, and I saw campuses. I saw, I saw little kids going to school. Come on, somebody. Come on, I saw baseball diamonds and football fields. 
Come on, I saw senior citizens housing. Come on, I saw all of our elderly people being taken care of. Not, not depending on the world or their families, but depending on their church family. Come on, somebody. I saw it all. But we've got to walk by faith and not by sight. We've got to learn how to call those things that be not as though they were until they are. Come on, say I'm healed from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Say my body functions in the perfection by which God created it to function. Say my body's blessed. My finances are blessed. My children are blessed. My marriage is blessed. My job is blessed. My business is blessed. Everything about me is blessed because I said it is in Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe that, come on, give God a shout of praise in this place. Come on, I, I thank God for the Marietta Performing Arts Center, but it's time for us to go. Come on, somebody. I thank God for the Marietta Performing Arts Center, but it's time for us to move on to our next level so that we can reach more people. And I'm calling it now, and I can't see it, but I'm telling you we already have it. Every single penny of it comes to us now in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to the glory to the glory of God the Father. Come on, everyone in this building, I declare that you are debt free. I declare that you have the wisdom of God. I declare that you always know what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and while you're doing it. I declare that every bad thing that's in your life right now is God is turning around and he's working it out for your good. Glory to God. You have not seen your best days yet. Your best days are still out in front of you. Glory to God. God is not done with linked up church. He is only getting started. If you think this has been supernatural, you have not seen nothing yet. It's going to come in from the north. It's going to come in from the south. It's going to come in from the east. It's going to come in from the west. God will send a St. Bernard in here with a, with a barrel around his neck to get us whatever we need to finish what he's called us to do. Somebody ought to shout glory in this place. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Declare that you have a good marriage. Declare that your children are excellent children. Hallelujah! I'd be lying. My daughter went to prime on Friday night. I'd be lying if I wasn't looking at that boy like, if you touch her, I'll be in jail tonight. Then I realized I had been studying this. And I said, don't let nothing like that come out of your mouth. I took that young man in my living room. And I said, young man, I know my daughter. And I believe her to be a good judge of character. What I believe is you're going to take her out tonight, treat her first class, open up doors for her, and not touch her or violate her. And I believe that you're going to bring her home the same way that she left. And this is what I said to him. Watch it. And I grabbed him and I said, I want to thank you for doing that for me. Because I love that girl, man. I love her more than you can ever imagine. I want to thank you for doing that for me. Listen, God is my witness. It blessed me for my daughter to say to me, Dad, you would have been so proud of him. Now, let me tell you, had I spoke the other way, I probably would have created the situation. Turned the young man off and made him want to do that just based off of how I treated him. Mark eleven twenty two. You all getting anything out of this today? I'm getting hot up here. I need my T.D. Jakes towel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of y'all love life out there? How many of y'all ready to see some good days? Come on, we've got to control what comes out of our mouths. Mark eleven twenty two and 23. 
So Jesus answered and said to them, this is right after the fig tree incident, right? This is what I love about Jesus. What I learned from this, he models behaviors before he teaches them, right? That's why it says, and they heard him, right? So he demonstrated it before he taught them. So now he says, fellas, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, that whosoever says to this mountain, so you have the authority to speak to your situation. Listen, and it has to obey you. You have to have a good marriage. You have to raise good children. Come on, somebody. You have to get married if that's what you're saying about your future. And he will be a good man. She will be a good woman. If you just watch reality TV, you'll be discouraged. Sometimes you got to turn all that stuff off because if, if those are options, you are in trouble. All God has to do is raise up one person to be everything that you need him to be. Hallelujah. My God, this vision of glory just walked in the bed. I looked over there and saw all this angelic white and then I... Stop my message for a moment and just shaka bata pa shake de bo. Hey, ba ba ba. Hey, oh, ha ta pa shake ke ke ke. Ah, shaka ta ta pa pa. Man, the glory of the Lord. It's my baby. God and lost my spot right there. You looking so good. So notice, you can change whatever looks impossible in your life simply by what you believe in your heart and what you say out of your mouth. You can be debt-free by this time next year with a little focus. Have faith in God, for surely I say to you that whoever says to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, just like I did yesterday, fellas, does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Notice he's changing his future tomorrow by what he's saying today. Notice it only told you to believe one time, but say three times. So you need to consistently talk about what you believe. Don't let Satan shut your mouth. If you want to get married, talk about it all the time. If to nobody else, to yourself. When you go to the gym, say to yourself, I'm getting myself ready. I need to be in shape. It's going to be some late night wrestling matches in my future. Come on, I need to be in shape for those. Come on, I don't need, I don't need to be tapping out too early. Come on, I, I got to get my cardio going and get my endurance going. Talk to yourself if you don't talk to anybody else. Hallelujah. Every day you wake up, say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad. And come on, put a smile on your face. Put your shoulders back. Walk out that door big like something big is getting ready to happen. Walk on your job, even though you don't own it. Walk in there like the owner just walked in the place. And you need to feel good about you and where you're at. But more importantly, feel better about where you're going because of the things that you're saying today. And I'll close with this thought. Psalms 27, 13. David said it this way. David said, I would have fainted had I not believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. David said, I would have quit if I didn't believe to see God's goodness in the land of the living. Folks, I know life life is going to be great when we leave here. But God wants life to be great now. So if you don't believe to see it, you'll never see it. Driving in the car with an individual and all of these Teslas were lined up. And I said to him, I said, you know, uh, God lined all those Teslas up for you so you can pick which one you want. Well, natural human response is only to think about where I'm currently at. And you could tell that thought choked him. Right? So then I reiterated to him, God, 
raised up that man to build those vehicles because they're in your future. So if you just say the right things today and do the right things today, you'll drive one of those off the lot tomorrow. Because I'm trying to help you all understand, God doesn't care about any of that kind of stuff. He just doesn't want it to have you, but he doesn't mind you having it. Did you all get anything out of this today? So let's begin to celebrate the abundant life that God wants us to live. Let's all stand to our feet. Let's begin to celebrate that. Best way to celebrate it is by what you say out of your mouth. Our Lord came to bring us a good life. That's why he said he came. I came that you might have life. How? And and how? See, that's why I came. So that you could have life, have that life more abundantly. But he said, if you're going to love life, Zoe, and see good days, you've got to restrain yourself. People are talking about you. You've got to learn how to eulogize them. So I want you to start today. I want you to start keeping track of what comes out of your mouth. And start disciplining yourself to replace it with actually life not death. Replace it with what you want to see versus what you're actually seeing. And I want you to begin changing your future by changing your words. And that starts today. You know, I turned 50 on next week and I told my wife we we have two uh, auto loans out there. And I never, they have 0% on them, and I never do this without having that money sitting somewhere where I can wipe it out at any time. I just left it in instruments so that they can continue to grow. But I said to her last week, I said, babe, you know what it is? I'm going to go ahead and take that out of those instruments. I'm going to pay those vehicles off just simply because I want to wake up on my 50th birthday. I just want to wake up free. We didn't pay any interest for a whole decade. I'm not saying this because I'm good. I'm saying this because God's good. Right? And if you don't believe to see this, you'll never see it. So we just spent a whole decade of paying no interest for 10 years. Paid no interest. And now I want to set some new goals for the next decade of my life. And I just want to wake up on that day just free. And I think I just want to live free for the rest of my life. I mean, that's a good way to live right there. Just a good way to live. I'm saying that to encourage somebody in this room today. When we first started that journey, I think I was 20, I was 30, and she was 28. And I remember uh, she was pregnant with my daughter. We'd been married about two and a half years just to build your faith. That's why I thank God for her so much, just to build your faith. I said, Babe, we, we just built this house. We owe a quarter million dollars between this house and this car. And I said, that's not good for our future. We're getting ready to have a little girl, and we need to get out of debt, private education, all the things we want to do. I believe in vacations. We need to take vacations three times a year. And so I said, we got to get out of this situation. So we need a place to live. So we bought one, but let's pay it off fast. Right? And so we set a three-year goal, three-year goal to pay off. So we set a five-year goal, but we ended up doing it in two and a half, three. Here's the point. Sometimes it'll be hard, but anything worth having, you got to go through something. So when we were in the bathroom this morning, I just asked her a few questions, you know, just reflecting. Because, you know, when you, when you, when you turn a, no, a new year, you start reflecting. And I said to her, I said, babe, you know, I want to just tell you how much I appreciate you because she would do her own nails, her own toes. She would do her own hair for two and a half years. Till we got out of debt, she was willing to do her own toes, her own nails, her own hair. I think we cooked all of our food, very little eating out to accomplish that goal. Of course, it was a tough two and a half years, but the freedom that has come from that two and a half years. All I'm trying to do is encourage you a little bit today. Sometimes you have to do what you have to do. 
so that you can do what you want to do. Are you listening? A lot of it is connected to right here. Because what comes out of here started right here. If I can control my heart, I can control my mouth. If I can control my, my mouth, I can predict the future. And I'm telling you, the forecast is bright. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands and thank the Father today. Man, I believe the Spirit of God reached a lot of people here today in a lot of different ways. Just go ahead and thank Him for what you heard today. And Father, my prayer, it doesn't matter how long a person's been saved, we can all grow in this area. And so, Father, I'm praying for every person that they'll learn how to discipline their tongue. That they'll keep their mouths off of other people. They'll understand to God how we treat people matters. God's listening to everything we say. He's watching everything that we do as it relates to other people. So help us to discipline ourselves to speak life. And Father, I publicly repent for any time that I have not operated in that life principle, Father. Help me to grow by your spirit, Father. I know that the sin is already forgiven. And your grace doesn't teach me that. But grow me up, Father, and help me be the example and leader, husband and father that you've